What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the RJO Show, your weekly NFL podcast where we do just that. We talk about everything going on in the National Football League, uh, whatever's going on. I am RJO Choi, your humble host, and I am a staff writer for InsideTheStar.com where I write exclusively about the Dallas Cowboys. Here on the RJO Show, though, our umbrella is a little bit large and we cover all 32 teams. And obviously, we do have a lot of Cowboys listeners, and I just want to say that if you're a Dallas resident, our hearts and our thoughts and our prayers are with you. Obviously, this has been a, a terrible week for the United States. I know we have some international listeners, but you're surely clued in on what's gone on. And I don't want to get into any political discussions. That's not what we're about here uh, on this show. But just wanted to say that uh, hearts and, and thoughts and prayers, again, are with everybody, every loved one, family member, uh, affected person um, from the, this past week's events. And um, I'm really excited, though, about this episode, and hopefully it can serve as some type of distraction for you um, with, with all the heaviness going on in the world right now. Uh, we have Shannon Furman of NFL Films, one of their producers and directors, here to talk about Amazon Video's new series, All or Nothing, the 2015 season with the Arizona Cardinals. Shannon actually served as one of the directors on All or Nothing, directing episodes 5, 6, 7, and 8. And she answered a whole bunch of questions. We had a great talk, and it was a long one, which is why I want to keep this intro a little bit short. And honestly, because there's not a whole lot of NFL news to talk about, which is um, kind of good. This is sort of the time of year where typically you see some, some bad news revolving around a player, and thank God we haven't seen anything like that. We've seen some funny stuff, though, in the last uh, last week, Lewis Murphy, one of the wide receivers for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was attending a friend's wedding last Friday evening. And, you know, we've all been to weddings and we all know sort of the environment there. And, and Lewis had a good time. And, um, you know, he he ended up in the courtyard of this museum sort of that was um, next to the wedding venue. And he passed out and he woke up and his cell phone had died and he realized that he was locked in. And so he had to break a window, which, you know, everybody kind of agreed after the fact that that was his only option and dial 911 and they helped get get him out and free him. And so that was kind of a funny story. Uh, but Lewis Murphy was not the only person to fall asleep in a weird spot last week. Denard Robinson, one of the Jacksonville Jaguars running backs, probably third on their depth chart, considering that they just signed Chris Ivory and have last year's rookie sensation TJ Yeldon. He was found by the Florida police early last Sunday morning asleep in his car, which was partially submerged in a pond. Uh, Denard and his passenger, Marisa Staples, were found passed out at about 4.30 a.m. And apparently this officer knocked on the window and tried to let him know, like, yo, your car's in a pond. And they kind of woke up and they just went back to sleep. And it took some convincing that the officer was finally able to to get them out, which ultimately is good for Denard, I guess. So um, there was no foul play or anything bad involved. They were just sleepy, it sounds like. Um, but uh, something else that's uh, not happening yet but will be in a month Mike Tirico, who just recently left ESPN to NBC, will be handling the play-by-play -play duties for NBC's preseason games. Now, this is important, not necessarily in 2016, but because Mike Tirico is the future voice of America's most watched television program, and that is Sunday Night Football. As you know, Al Michaels is the current play-by-play -play man. He works alongside his color commentator, Chris Collinsworth. Mike Tirico did not leave ESPN for nothing. He is going to inherit the greatest gig in sports, which is Sunday Night Football when Al Michaels leaves, and this is the beginning stages of that. So we'll get a, a preview this preseason. Also, something in the news, 
the Los Angeles Rams will be featured on a new E show. E is in entertainment called Hollywood and Football. The show is going to follow six members of the Rams and their families as they adjust to life in a new city. You know, after the team moved from St. Louis, uh, the Rams featured on the show will be Kenny Britt, Bradley Marquez, Lance Kendricks, Roger Saffold, Chase Reynolds, and Corey Harkey. But the Rams will be appearing on Hard Knocks uh, this summer and during training camp, which will be headed by Shannon Furman and the NFL Films crew, which is going to be really exciting. Those are the same people that did All or Nothing, which appeared on Amazon, not on HBO. And it's such a great series. And I'm so excited to get to the interview that I had with Shannon. She was so kind and so gracious to take the time and to give us a peek behind the curtain into what goes into a series like All or Nothing with it being so new and innovative and groundbreaking. And uh, so hopefully you're excited. Hopefully you've seen the show and hopefully you have a preview on what it's going to be. Here is the interview with Shannon Furman, director of Amazon Videos All or Nothing, a season with the 2015 Arizona Cardinals right here on the RJ of the show. What's going on, everybody? You see me talking about a new series that I've been working on for InsideTheStar.com called Price Per Yard. It's an analysis on how much each NFL team paid for every yard that they accumulated on the ground from 2013 through 2015. I analyzed each contract for every offensive lineman and every running back, and I've been sharing that data on the site. So make sure you check that out. The 2014 season's analysis will be posted on Monday. So get to a computer, read it, and let me know what you think. Let's get to this episode of The RJO Show. Welcome to the RJO Show, somebody who knows a thing or two about making movies, an Emmy winner, and one of the directors for Amazon Videos, All or Nothing, a season with the Arizona Cardinals, Shannon Furman. I'm so excited to welcome you to the RJO Show. How you doing? Good, good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing really well. Um, not as all over the country as you are the day that we're taking you. <laughs> you you have been flying around, haven't you? Yeah, just got back to Philadelphia from Montana. It's not an easy place to get to. Well, um, I'm a Cowboys fan, so Philadelphia is something that I, you know, sort of uh, <laughs> don't, don't really enjoy. But um, I know I know that Montana was beautiful, and I know that you were there uh, doing some some stuff for NFL Films. You're one of the loyal and hardworking members of Sable's Army. And, um, you know, I think everyone should be thankful to you for that because the, the work you do is incredible. Thank you. It's fun, too. So it's, it doesn't feel like work. The past couple of days were fun. Getting to see the country is fun. So uh, I love my job. Good. Well, I know that typically you're the person who, who conducts interviews with, with various NFL <laughs> players. Uh, I'm going to flip the script and be the one who interviews you today. And uh, we're going to break the ice, and I want to know, who's your favorite character on Friends? Wait, um, I, I didn't hear you. Who's my favorite character on what? On Friends, the television show Friends. Who's your, all, who's your favorite character? Wow. Um, I'm going to go with Phoebe. <laughs> I think she's a fun, she's a funny one. You know, you never know what she's going to say. She's probably my favorite out of everybody. But, I mean, everybody had their moments on that show where you kind of love them. So, but I'm going to go with Phoebe. Well, Phoebe is sort of my least favorite friend, so we're 0 for 2 here, Shannon, because of the Philadelphia <laughs> thing. 
but I, I think that there's some like some of the fuhness in Phoebe because you you know you live in Philadelphia you like Phoebe, um, so I don't know if there's something in that. I've been told who's my your entire, favorite? Well, I've been told my entire life that I look like Ross, uh, so, so I, I naturally gravitate to him. But I think my sense of humor is more like Chandler's. Um, I was gonna come Chandler. Yeah. That was my second place. I see. I think it, you have to go based off of who would the show be, you know, what it what, what it's not without. And I think Chandler is the answer to that. I think you could live without uh, some of the others. But Chandler is what makes the show and makes the comedy. But, you know, TV's okay. That's fine. Um, so <laughs> I want to talk about All or Nothing, which you served as a director on for four episodes, right? Yes, yeah, I kind of jumped in in November when it was pretty apparent that this team was going somewhere and we wanted to kind of step up the production a little bit and really make sure we had everything covered. Well, that's, that sort of leads me to my first question, my first real question, not not a friend's one, in that, you know, Hard Knocks, I mean, not sorry, not Hard Knocks, I know you've worked on Hard Knocks before, but all or nothing, obviously, you guys, you know, you picked the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, or, or that's how how that you know came to be, and they became this great team. They became this NFC powerhouse in 2015. And I know you weren't there, but was did you get called in? Were they like, Yo, Shannon, the, the Cardinals, they're taking off. We need your expertise here. You need to get out to the desert right now. Um, and and is, that, is that sort of what happened? Uh, I mean, I was following what was going on in there. I obviously knew about the project, working at films, and I've done a lot of work with Patrick Peterson and Tyron Matthew in their careers. So I kept I kept close tabs what was going on. I had a long term project going on in Jacksonville where I also um spend a lot of time. So that wrapped up with their team in London at the end of October and then once I kind of became available from that, that was when I started talking with my bosses about getting more involved in the Cardinals project. Before before I could get to Arizona though I had a feature that I needed to cut on Tyron Matthew that we shot earlier in the summer, and I hadn't had any time to do between Hard Knocks and my Jaguars project. So I came home, I cut the feature on Tyron, and then I headed out to the desert to start helping out there. Well, I mean, that that makes sense, and that's awesome. And, and it sounds like your expertise was needed because you know Tyron and, and Patrick well. You are your friends with probably, the, you know, the best secondary in the NFL, which is really cool. I don't know if you, you've ever thought about it like that. Um, but but that's really cool, and I know you're you're good pals with Alan Hearn. So when they square off, you might have just the worst inner conflict. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Like you know, I've been in, in NFL now for 13 years. So then when you see these guys like play each other and stuff, you know, I just kind of root for a good game. <laughs> yeah, that, that's such that's such a great answer. You can be like like the the game mom. You can bring like orange slices and just make sure everybody's happy and everybody's happy. And um, by the way, I thought it was so cool. I think it was during the NFC Championship when you guys showed. I believe David Johnson is eating an orange slice. But that thought was really cool. Like, you know, the, these guys at the NFL level are, are eating orange slices like kids do in Pee Wee. Um, and I thought that was really That's incredible. Funny. It, well, I didn't you know, even I, notice that. So you picked up on something I didn't notice. <laughs> well, that's what I'm here for. And that that's honestly sort of my experience watching All or Nothing. I've seen it twice now because I was really excited to talk to you. And something that, that I think All or Nothing succeeded in, and, and Hard Knocks does this every year, but it really humanized these players. And I know that sounds weird because they're obviously human, but, you know, 
I mean, as a, as a fan, you, you look at these guys, you look at guys like Tyron Matthew or Patrick Peterson, and you think of them as these larger-than-life figures. You think of them as, as impervious to anything, and, and they're perfect in everything that they do. Um, but, but I thought it was really interesting. You know, I, I know I told you this earlier, but, for, for example, when Michael Bidwell and Steve Kime, they're talking about bringing in Red Bryant, and they're saying things mm-hmm. like, oh, man, you know, well, we need to see if he wants to come in on Thanksgiving. You know, that'll really show us if, if he cares. And I was like, that's that's something I would say. You know, I I thought it was so cool. Um, Or, or, you know, another example is, you know, when David Johnson and J.J. Nelson before the Philadelphia game, they're in their hotel rooms and they're watching Odell Beckham drop a pass, you know, in in the Panthers game. And, you know, one, they're just sitting watching football curled up in their bed. But two, they're in this this regular old hotel room. You know, it's not like a a suite or, or, you know, something like that. And it, it was just insane. It was, oh, my gosh, these, they're just normal people like, like me. Um, so is that, yeah. kind of, is that sort of the, the foundation for what you guys want to do when you put together a project like this? I think so. I mean, I think that's great that you came out feeling that way because they, they are normal guys, you know. I mean, and I think they'd like to be perceived that way. So, I mean, I know, like you're saying, like David Johnson and J.J. Nelson watching football. I mean, Tyron Matthew probably watches more football than any guy I've ever met in the league. Uh, he's a great interview for us for the Top 100 show every year. I told him, I was like, Tyron, you better not get too big for a Top 100 show because we need you. You're, you're, you're good at this. I mean, I, and I know he watches, uh, like, he's watching everything. He's watching everything he can. He loves the game of football. So, you know, if he's home, he's watching. Um, I mean, they're dads now. You know, Tyron has two kids. Patrick has a new daughter, like, they're they're very normal people, um, very down to earth. Those two guys are, and so so is the rest of the team. I mean, everybody on the Cardinals was pretty great to us. Um, there's guys that you know you don't even get to see. That I mean, David Johnson actually, you know, being a rookie, I don't I don't know what David's going to think next year, not having cameras around him because I think it's that that just became the norm for him and mm-hmm. his now wife Megan. I, I loved working with Megan and David. They went. And um, the first time I shot with them was after the Viking game, and we went to breakfast at Mark's Cafe, which made it was in the show. Um, and then that ended up being a breakfast place the crew started frequenting after David and Megan recommended it to us. So, yeah, everybody everybody's very normal, very good people, and, I mean, it's great that it comes off that way when you're watching it. That's awesome. And I don't know if I'm breaking news to you here, but right before I called you right now, I checked on Instagram. And David Johnson and his his wife, like you're saying, Megan, they're expecting. I don't know if you knew no. that. Yeah, I no, just saw I that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just saw that. So um, that's pretty cool. And, and you're right. It, it was so cool. David was so unique and such a great character because he was this rookie. I, I feel like he, he was sort of a microcosm of the show in that you didn't know what the 2015 Cardinals were going to be. Just like you didn't know you know, game one to, to throw all this attention at David Johnson because you didn't know that he was going to yeah. turn into this stud. At, at what point did you say, you know, obviously there was a certain point where they said, Shannon, get in here, get to the Cardinals project. This is insane. They're becoming this great team. With a guy like David Johnson, at what point do you say, okay, we normally have two cameras, you know, around him. Now we need five. Um, That probably happens right around uh... – like, in November, I can't pinpoint an exact game. I mean, we knew he was good early on because early on, you know, he stepped in when Andre Ellington went down and then Chris Johnson, and then you got Chris Johnson going down. So uh, we knew early on that he was he had some talent. We weren't sure how quickly, you know, that he would pick up the playbook and the system and stuff. But he 
was good to us, so we put cameras around him. Um, he was he wanted to work with us. We knew he had stuff going on in his life, like you said, like being an everyday guy. We knew Megan and him, him were planning a wedding. So he just was a very interesting character, being a rookie, planning a wedding, moving to a new place, coming from a small school. He had a lot of storylines that we were able to follow. So even before he started putting up the big numbers and scoring touchdowns and stuff, he was still an interesting character to us. For sure. You know, you said that, his, you know, going into his sophomore season, his second season, he might be just sort of, oh, this is what it's like to be a regular NFL player. This is boring. Yeah. There's, no, there's no cameras. You know, yeah. I, obviously you do different projects like this. You do Hard Knocks, and, and that's a show every year. Was there uh, an amount of time that it took the Cardinals, maybe David Johnson or somebody else, to warm up to kind of to kind of get comfortable with, with that this was their 2015 season? This was the norm. It was going to be like this which for, for some veterans, obviously, is a different thing. Yeah, you know, I don't know how much – I know it's been discussed now um, since we've been doing a bunch of media and stuff with the show being released, but we didn't really – we're very forthcoming at first with what was going on with the team. We wore Cardinals gear and we blended in with the team video staff, and um, we just tried – like, they didn't really know exactly what was going on. That's and so then when people yeah, so when people asked us, we just kind of told them that Mr. Bidwell thought that something special was going to happen this year, and he hired us to come in and document it. We don't know where it's going, which wasn't a complete lie because that is how it started. We didn't, you know, we didn't know it was going to Amazon. We didn't know 100% that it, you know, it would even work out. So um, it was a big experiment. So I mean, I think. Probably towards, you know, the end of November, we knew we had something here. Um, but, again, I, like, we didn't, we didn't know that it was definitely going to Amazon. Um, I'm not even sure when that was decided, but it was late in the season. It might have even been in the playoffs that that officially was decided. So it wasn't a complete lie that we didn't know where it was going. But, and then, of course, some of the guys know you're from NFL film stuff. So, but we tried to, like, camouflage ourselves as much as possible to not be a distraction. And our crew that we worked with was much smaller than the crew we work with on Hard Knocks. Oh, my gosh. There, there are so many things I want to talk about with what you just said because it's so fascinating. So that is <laughs> insane that you guys were, like, secret agents, you know, undercover. Um, have you ever had to do anything like that with a friend of films before? No. No, not at all. Uh, wow. Yeah, no, everybody's Usually, you know, NFL films, you have that on your shirt, and that's something you're proud of and you kind of want to tell everybody because that's how we get a good access. So, yeah, this, this is different. Wow. That is – that's. I mean, it's amazing. that I know, it's, I know it's not like this, you know, innovative thing to go undercover, but I, I think it is amazing how NFL film continues to innovate, and that's what makes it so special. And, and the, the thought and the foresight to say, look, you know, to capture the product that we think is there – you know, we need to do this. And, and that leads me to my next question. You know, you say around November sort of when you said, okay, this team is, is something great. We, we're, we got our hands on something. What's that moment like for you? And I know you, you that's kind of when you jumped in, but what, what was that like when you said, this is incredible? Well, you kind of start, like, living and dying with the team. And I know, like, uh, we, we talked about it before, like, you know, we're supposed to be neutral and stuff, but we're not – I don't want to say that we're not journalists, but we're filmmakers. So right. we – were we Cardinals fans this year? Yeah, we were Cardinals fans this year. Like, um, I mean, I've been a Cardinals fan for a while because I root for Patrick and Tyron. But, I mean, yeah, we we wanted to see the Cardinals go far this year. So, 
Um, I mean, that every week heading into games, like, it felt like you were part of the team. You were part of something that was going on there. So um, that became very special for us uh, this season to see them go far. So, I mean, we like, we didn't know, again, like, did not know where this was going to go or what was going to happen, so we wanted to see them win as much as possible. The Green Bay game was huge for us. Um, I don't know what this series would have been like with a loss to Green Bay in that game. It would, and who knows, it's a completely different series if they lose in that game. But right, absolutely. I don't, I don't think I've been – even the Super Bowl um, 49 with the Patriots and Seahawks last last second in Arizona, to me, the Cardinals, and maybe it's because of this project, but the Cardinals-Packers game is the best football game I've ever been at. Um, I mean, I was losing my mind. I was in the stands with Megan Johnson uh, at the time of when they officially won the game, and so that was my assignment that night was to kind of float around the stands and shoot the wives. So, when I got to see the final product of show seven and see how integral all those women are and not even just the women too, like the Mr. Bidwell and Tyron in the stands, just the people, the supporting staff around the football field. I, 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 I watched that show. Like I didn't know what was going to happen in that game. Like I didn't live it too. Um, so yeah, every game was important. And I think, you know, you, you knew you had something in November, but you still wanted to see them keep winning as five, like, you know, even the Carolina game, like, I, I mean, maybe we were a little less nervous then because we were like, we have a moment, like, against the Packers and stuff, but, um, we, you know, we were Cardinals fans at NFL Films this year. That's so cool. And, and I want to talk about this game because you're right. That, you could argue, certainly, you know, maybe the most riveting game of the 2015 season, um, especially with, with the end. I mean, it was, and, and you're right. I mean, obviously, I, I watched the game, but, in watching the episodes a few times that I have, I legitimately there was I felt tension. You know, I mean, you know, it, yeah. it was it, it was incredible, and I think that that some of the material that that you know you're saying you shot was what made it that way because it was the continual flash flashes to Megan and to Mrs. Arians that that really sort of you know heightened my tension. Um, obviously, yeah. I know what was going on on the field, um, but. You know, I think Mrs. Arian, in her own, was this super <laughs> unique character in that moment because you know you talk about humanizing people. She was she was more than a fan; she was a rabid fan, and uh-huh. you know, screaming things like "You know, we don't yell when they're on offense," or <laughs> and and it was incredible. It, were those you know I, I've read and I've heard that that was you know and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the most mic'd up, wired up, you know, game in NFL history in terms of NFL films. Is that correct? That's a good question. I'm not. I, it's got to be up there. Um, yeah. I'm, I mean, I know at Hard Knocks last summer, we for the first time had like we had like 16 mics and things in game, but the preseason games. So a regular season game, yeah, it's got to be right up there. Um, that along with the NFC Championship the next week, but we might have had had more, I'd have to go back and look exactly, but we definitely might have had more that weekend just because it being a home game, it's easier for us to get access to the stands and the, the coaching booths and things like that. We, did, right. we didn't do any fans or family members um, in Carolina, partially because a lot of people had trouble getting there with snowstorm, but um, yeah, it, that might, it might have been. I, you know, I can't keep track anymore. We get so many wires, which is so great now for us. 
But um, I mean, I think at Super Bowl this year we had nine wires, but yeah, this team had more than that. So I think we did a really good job covering these teams, especially that one this year. Um, we watched it at the we had a premiere out in LA a couple weeks ago, so that was the first time I saw the show and I saw it put together. I mean, I was literally sitting on the edge of my seat watching it as well, like as if I didn't know they were going to win. It was crazy. <laughs> but no, seriously, I mean it. You know, I don't know if you're a Game of Thrones fan, um, but I, I told someone the other day that, that the season finale, the most recent one, it, it's it's worth watching the entire show literally just to enjoy that episode. And that's how I feel about this episode of All or Nothing. That's no discredit to the season finale, but you're right. This was – it was phenomenal. Um, what was it like watching it with Meg right next to her and, and the other wives and, and, and you know, sort of – you know, experiencing the game on your own because you're a Cardinals fan, like you're saying, because you've been with them all season, and then experiencing their experience. I mean, what was the moment like? Um, It was crazy. <laughs> I don't even know how we had room to get our crew in the aisle with her. Um, like, it was, it was very weird and almost perfect how there was, like, space available to sit this camera guy and sound guy as I'm, like, crouched down on the stairs in the aisle trying to, like, watch the game, watch her, listen to what's going on. I mean, meanwhile, I'm a basket case myself, like, because I want to see them win. So I think I said a couple of Hail Marys. <laughs> I just kept kept praying and then watching her. And then you're, like, you're living it through her. I was with um, Patrick Peterson's wife that earlier that night, too, because that was going to be the first time that Peyton came to a game. So right. we, met up, we met up with them. We shot their arrival. Um, we shot with her during the first, we were with her a lot in the beginning of the game, and then she had to take care of the baby. We went back to visit her towards the end, and she just was like, she had a lot going on, and all she wanted to do was watch the game, so she had some help from her mom, but yeah, I mean, you're like living it through these women who, you know, like that's, they they do this all the time. Um, So it it was, it was strenuous. It was, I I, I was a wreck. (laughs) I was a wreck. (laughs) Well, I mean, it sounds like it. And, and, you know, that shot, I'm assuming you had, of, of Patrick Peterson's wife with Peyton at the beginning of the game when she's just kind of, like, softly singing to her, was it, it was yeah. so it was so sweet, and it sort of set the tone for, for this dramatic sort of showdown. Uh, you know, looking back at it, I mean, it was, it was just sort of the, the you know, the brush uh, opening this, this gigantic game that, that unfolded. And, and, my goodness, I mean, it was incredible. But, but the whole season was incredible. I mean, they, they had so many games. And, um, you know, I, I'm curious because, the, you know, I, I know this is this season's real. I mean, I watched the Cardinals, and I know it's all real. But watching the show in, in that episode, for example, it, it felt like a movie. I mean, it, it, felt, yeah. it, felt, it felt like The Replacements or, or Any Given Sunday or, or Friday Night Lights, which the show is better than the movie, and I'll debate you on that all day long, Shannon. Um, but... <laughs> How, how did you guys accomplish this? Because it, it feels, I mean, the I don't want to say the camera angles, and, you know, I'm not a filmmaker, um, so maybe it's not, maybe angle isn't the word, but it, it, they almost felt not invasive, but it was just how, it, it felt like you, you had to have been literally on the 50-yard line at midfield to be getting some of these shots. How, how is that possible that you're able to do that? Are you, do you know, okay, Larry Fitzgerald's mic'd up. We're going to have a camera on him, and it's it's sort of a, a sniper rifle type camera. It's really far away. I mean, how, how do you put this together? Because it, it, again, it felt fictional, in in which I think is the greatest compliment I can give. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's very planned out. It's um, very strategic. You know, you, you do have the guys who are wearing microphones. They have assi- cameras that are assigned to them, and they specifically just not, I shouldn't say just shoot them, but they have specific assignments. So if they're not shooting, you know, they're at least shooting them when they're on the field or and then somebody else picks them up when they come to the bench. So everyone has very specific assignments. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is is maybe not that we're invasive, but it's that we're everywhere. I mean, we had so many mm-hmm. cameras covering that game. I'd have to get you an exact number of how many cameras were there, but I'm pretty sure it was over 20 cameras from NFL Films were covering that game that day. So um, if it felt like we were on the 50-yard line, we're not supposed to be all the way on the 50-yard line, but <laughs> the Cardinals were pretty comfortable with us at that point. So, you know, they, they knew who we were, so they might have been letting us go a little further than we normally would be able to go on a team's, like, bench with the sound and stuff, but um, we just were very prepared for that game. Um, so that I'm sure that's why it felt that way and stuff. So we just, you know, everyone, we had ca- cameras roaming me and then Julia Harmon, who was another one of our directors, we were both roaming the stands to make sure that we were covering the wives at all times. Um, we just had, and then we had another director who was down on the field who was able to help out the crews who were on the field. Uh, we have walkie-talkies to make sure that we're in touch with the crews that are just, like, kind of locked off in the stands so everybody can kind of be in touch if you need to be at any time. So we just were very prepared and, you know, covered that game as, as best as we could, and I think it worked out. Well, that's the Sable way, and you guys, I mean, <laughs> seriously, killed that episode. I mean, I mean all of them, but, but that one, obviously. Now, on the subject of cameras, and, and maybe this is a unique question to this experiment because you, you were trying to blend in, were, were you ever told, because these cameras, you guys are everywhere. I mean, you're in the executive yeah. meeting with Bruce Arians and Steve Kahn and Michael Bidwell. You're in Michael Bidwell's suite. I mean, you're in Patrick Peterson's home watching him, you know, sing lullabies to, to little Peyton. I mean, were there any mm-hmm. moments, you know, that, that maybe got too dramatic, maybe Bruce Arians sort of said, whoever, what what you they said you know Shannon no no you know turn that camera off not in here is there any were there any moment any places that that um, that you guys weren't able to get to for a certain reason? Uh, no, nothing that I experienced to be honest with you. But like I said, by the time I was there, they were very comfortable with us. Um, mm-hmm. I know I heard stories about like in the meeting rooms and stuff. The guys figured out kind of how the cameras worked and things, and so like. You know, I think it was more of a joke type thing than it was serious. But you know, like sometimes Larry, Larry Fitzgerald would turn the camera around or something like that. But you know, we we can move the camera right back to where it was. <laughs> so, um, you know, there were times like that where guys would do things. But as far as Bruce goes, I mean, we were in his locker rooms, like we were in every post game locker room, win or lo- win or lose. Um, you know, we were in there at halftime of every game, whether it was you know they were all, no matter what side of the game they were on. Uh, Bruce never really shut us out of anything. Um, I mean, you know, there's some sensitive stuff after the NFC Championship game, but that was tough to cover. It was tough to watch, you know, but they they kind of knew what was going on at that point. We knew when to back off. They never really had to tell us. I think that's part of our job is to know when enough is enough and, you know, you've, you've got it. You've got what you need and it's now time to be a private moment. So, there was nothing I experienced, and, you know, the only thing I can tell you that I know that people said was the guys, you know, in the meeting rooms sometimes turning the cameras around, but that's to be expected. <laughs> well, that's really cool. And, I mean, speaking of cool, that's what Bruce Arians is. I mean, this dude, you know, <laughs> if, if you didn't already like him, you come out of this, this show just, I mean, I want to I wanna hang out with him. 
I want to have a beer with yeah. him. I, I, I want to give him, like, a bro hug and develop, like, a secret <laughs> handshake with, with Bruce Arians. I, I want to say that I, I think my favorite Bruce Arians moment of the whole show was mm-hmm. when when the playoffs start. He goes home to his wife, and, and it's Black Monday, and he's talking about how Chuck yep. Pagano had to fire his friends and Tom Coughlin is fired, and he, he mixes a drink. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know if this is something, that, you know, that you guys did consciously or, or what, but, you know, he mixes a drink, and I could almost feel the, the butter knife he uses in my hand, but, you know, because he does it so <laughs> delicately. And and then he, he you know, he, he cheers with, with his wife, and he says, you know, 3-0, and you know, referring to the, the three playoff games, 3-0 yep. can change our life forever. And I, I swear I could almost taste the drink. when, when yeah, I, I had no idea what he made. But it, it, that moment was so intimate that, that it felt that way. Like, it, you know, can you tell me, I, I don't know if you shot that, but can you tell when you walk away that that moment's going to be something like that? Oh, you you know when you get a private moment at home with Coach that that's making the show um, mm-hmm. and that it's going to be special. That I was not the director on that scene. Um, Jay Jackson and Steve Trout worked with Bruce a lot more than I did uh, coming in late. I dealt mainly with the players, but... I mean, I know exactly what you mean by that. I think, like, when I talk to my dad about the show, my dad loves Bruce Arians, especially because he came from Temple and we're, you know, a Philly family. Um, you know, he's like, well, why didn't the Eagles hire this guy? Why, why, why did he with the Cardinals? Like, they really screwed this up. So, yeah, I mean, my family feels that way. I know, like, you know, my dad sees him, like, sitting on the boat and the Zach Brown man with Jimmy Buffett yes. comes on. And, like, my dad just, like, wants to be on the boat with him. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I think I think everyone feels that way about Bruce. I feel that way about Bruce's wife. I want to be oh, her for friend. Sure. Yeah, for sure. She uh, she is a firecracker, um, and yeah. and and you know it was it was so cute just to watch because you know she says you know cheers to another season and he's a whoa 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 you know hey yeah. you know we we still yeah. have the playoffs and she's like ah yeah you know whatever uh, <laughs> she, so she was really adorable. Another coach, though, that that I wanted to ask you about in in one way is Brenton Buckner, the defensive line coach, because, you know, he sort of became this star of the show for me because what I loved about him is, you know, I think we're all optimists in some way. You know, something would happen and, and everybody would be like, That's, it's okay, you know, whatever. And, and he would be like, no, you're getting killed. You know, like he, he was the only guy yeah. who kind of called a spade a spade. And I felt like he was sort of a surprise star from this. And, you know, I heard you on the Wooten Wise show a few weeks back and, you talked about how when you guys went to Hard Knocks last year, you kind of gotten a, a tip uh, from your friend that Charles James was going to be this really personable guy. And, you mm-hmm. know, was, was Brenton Buckner sort of like that, or was he a result of, of one of the defensive linemen moving the camera like they like to prank with you guys? Or, you know, what, was, was there anybody who you had a, a tip, you know, this guy could be special? Beyond the obvious, you know, Tyron Matthew, Patrick Pearson, obviously great guys, but somebody who, who – either you were told about or you discovered sort of halfway through maybe, wow, we we need to pay more attention to this guy. No, I, I think having the cameras in his meeting room is what made us realize that this guy was awesome. Um, we definitely did not know about him in advance. I mean, we knew he was a former player and all that, but we, did, we didn't know what his personality was. Um, by the time I got there, he was already well-established. We know this guy is going to be in the show, especially because the D-line is such a big part of this team. And just from my past experience, like doing shows like Hey Rookie and Hard Knocks and stuff, the D-line coach is always great. Yeah. <laughs> you, always, you always look. It's like you're trying to find a coaching character. Just look at the D-line. That's the first place you want to look because 
the Disneyland goes is always colorful. There's always like some kind of different personality. There are all kinds of demographics too um, that you that you get. There are all kinds of ages. Like they're just that's the first place if you're looking for a coaching character. The first spot you should look is the defensive line, mm-hmm. and he lived up to those expectations. He was great. That's really cool, and that makes sense because you're Rod. As a Cowboys fan, Rod Marinelli is, is sort of that guy, yeah. you know, because you, you you know yeah. that. Um, but what about something like uh, like Coy Redding's cookies that that he would deliver on on Victory Friday? Do you sort of see that happening one day in the locker room? You say, hey, what, you know, what's going on? Can I have some? And, and you know, do you do this every week? And then then do you say, yeah. okay, you know, we're gonna we're gonna follow you one week and we're gonna watch you and your wife make them? Is that how that happens? That's actually exactly how that happens. <laughs> um, sometimes it's it's not super easy. I think it took a couple of weeks to get that set up and actually officially shot. But yeah, that's we we saw it happening. We saw the cookies come in. You kind of figure out exactly what's going on and talk to them about it. And then once you hear the wife is involved, you just get her phone number and set it up with her because right. <laughs> the cool. women involved are much more organized. <laughs> That's cool. But, that yeah, sense. I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head with that one. That's almost exactly how that shoot was set up. Did you taste any, or did, did any of you guys? Um, you know what? I don't think I got one. I think, because I remember us all, I feel like they were gone the day that we shot them, like, and we actually shot the official arrival of them getting into the locker room. I think they got eaten so fast that I don't think anyone on the crew got them. I remember was- people being upset that they didn't get to try them. <laughs> Wow, there was a surprising amount of food on this show with the cookies, and then uh, when Dwight Freeney cooked up his Jamaican dish. Yep. Uh, did yep. you try any of that? Uh, no, no, I did not try that, but I was there for that whole scene, um, and it was that he is ridiculous. Like, I mean, he cooked all of that food. Like, a lot of it was pressed the night before at his house, and then he came back in and just like, like it was unreal the amount of food he made, and just like. It was like you had a professional, like, Jamaican chef in the Arnold's kitchen. I mean, I was like, this is this really happening right now? Like, a lot of times, like, we ask guys to cook things or, you know, you hear, I had heard that Dwight was a pretty good chef, um, and we were trying, I, I was in charge of a kid's show uh, called NFL Rush for Nickelodeon, and we had been trying to set up a shoot with him for that, like, the past two years, and it just never worked out. So then when I got there, I kind of told everybody, I'm like, this guy's supposed to be a really good cook. Like, we should we should investigate that. Um, and it ended up working out. Uh, I think the Bob Marley song helps that scene a lot because I kind of was like, he's bringing the food to the Cardinal facility. What? Yeah. <laughs> and then they were like, well, yeah, he's going to. He's going to cook it there because he's got um, – the way the scene played out is exactly kind of what happened that day, you know, which I know isn't always the case. But he was staying after with the younger linebackers to watch film and stuff, so he thought it kind of be a perfect thing to do for lunch. So kind of exactly what you saw there is exactly what went on that day. And, um, yeah, it was, it was funny to see even the Cardinals uh, – like their chefs and stuff who cook for these guys every day and these guys know very well and interact with just to kind of see them. Like they they all looked very impressed too. So uh, Dwight Dwight did a good job that day. That, no, I mean, that was so cool. And I mean, if you had told me, you know, when I first started the show, at some point I was going to watch a Jamaican dish be prepared, I would have, I would have never believed you. Um, (laughs) But you're right. The the Bob Marley song, I feel like every song placed in in the show did really well. Like you're talking to Zach Brown band song when when Coach Aaron's is on his boat. Uh, But that scene was, was quietly powerful. 
Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed his, his talk with the younger players. And, how, you know, chess versus checkers is sort of this, this tired analogy. But but he he made it work and and I mean I yeah. I was like I was like okay do I like tell me what to do like I'll let me try this spin move I mean I'm down, um, but so you know sort of not necessarily on the topic of of the show, uh, I'm curious because it's it's really unique how All or Nothing is an Amazon video project I mean it's not you know obviously Hard Knocks is on HBO and they have their digital platform in HBO Go and HBO Now but they're still you know they're on cable. Um, do you yeah. think, I mean, does Shannon Furman think that this is maybe the future of NFL films? And I know that, you know, there's different movements like the NFL putting 96 games on YouTube, for example, um, in mm-hmm. August. Is, 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 do you think that, and maybe this is a broader question in terms of life and society, so this is a, a deeper podcast, Shannon. Um, but yeah. uh, do you think <laughs> this is where NFL films is headed? Um, you know, obviously NFL films remain doing the things it does, but do you think this is potentially the future for these kinds of projects? I mean, honestly, like Lady said, it's a deeper project. I think it's the future of television, honestly. I mean, it's just the way mm-hmm. people are getting their tele- their shows, even their sports. I know the NFL was very happy last year with the way the whole um, Jaguars team in London went on Yahoo. I mean, it right. went off really without any glitches. They got, like, an insane amount of viewers worldwide, I mean, in America, you're able to, like, watch it in your bed with your laptop, like, you know, first thing on Sunday morning before you get ready for all the other games. It just was it was pretty successful, that experiment, last year. So, I mean, I, I could see us doing a lot more stuff like this. I, I just I think that this is the way a lot of entertainment is going, is streaming and on the Internet. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would not be surprised to see more of our stuff end up there. Does, um, you know, I'm, again... I know it's a shocker. I'm not a filmmaker, um, but does it does it affect the way you shoot? I mean, do you still use traditional film or, or, or anything for a project like this, since it is on a digital platform? Uh, we shoot exactly the same as we would. I don't. We don't shoot film anymore. Um, mm-hmm. That was a change that was made, uh, I believe, two years ago now. Um, we are all digital now. We're a digital facility. We're not tape-based anymore. So we shoot on a camera called the Amira. It's unreal, the image that you get off of this camera. Um, people get mad at me when I say it's better than film, but I do. <laughs> I, I do believe it in certain instances, especially like in indoors and in dark lighting, it's, it's better. It pulls more color. Um, so, like, yeah, so it doesn't change the way we shoot anything. Um, the fact that it's on a digital platform, we still do it the same way we do, we would do it if we were shooting it for HBO. That's, I know this sounds really weird, but I'm relieved. I don't know why. I'm, I'm relieved. I feel okay now that, that it's, uh, that you guys, you know, still get to do the same thing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed, honestly, that it was, it took up until two years ago for you guys to stop using film. I mean, 2014 is a pretty, you know, late time to, to jump into the digital world. Uh, but that's, I mean, I think that's, that speaks to the testament um, that is NFL Films and how hard you guys work. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious because All or Nothing obviously began, I mean, obviously not week one, but you guys were, you know, that's sort of the target, you know, starting date. Do you mm-hmm. know if there's an NFL Films project that's ever lasted this long or, or you know, that, that's ever encompassed this much amount of time? Uh, probably, the only thing I can say that is probably similar to this was, um, I mean, it's kind of how the series of Football Life was born. We followed Bill Belichick for the season in 2009. Right. And um, 
that was like a one-man band type deal. It was uh, Ken Rogers, who is the um, lead producer on Hard Knocks back in the building in the summertime. He does a lot of work with the Patriots, and um, I don't even know the whole story. I'm not sure how he even got Bill Belichick to agree to doing that, but he did. So it was him and a crew who, I, they, they did the undercover route also. You know, they went and they shot these games. Um, Belichick was mic'd every single weekend for us, and they did other shoots with him. So, I mean, they weren't necessarily around the team every day the way we were, but that kind of set the path for doing, like, a longer-term project like this. Mm-hmm. So, and, and even with that, I mean, that was the year that the Patriots lost to the Ravens in the first round of the playoffs. So we couldn't find a buyer for this show. It's like we just followed around one of the greatest, maybe the greatest coach in NFL history, and you don't, you don't want to see it? You don't want to see what this guy, what this guy did. So it took, I mean, it took two years, and then that's kind of how a football life was born. You know, Ken edited a two-hour film off of the footage he captured that year, and that was the start of the series of football life. So um, that's probably the closest model to like, to this, but uh, and it's going to be tough to duplicate. <laughs> I mean, right. it's so yeah. I, I, you know, this this was all very new. Well, that's really cool, and and you're right. I mean, I love the because you know, you're right. It's two episodes of Bill Belichick of Football Life, um, and and again, sort of humanizes somebody who, if anybody is inhuman, you would have to believe <laughs> it would be Bill Belichick. But I love, I love. I think it's when they're in the Saints game. I think they're in the Superdome, and he tells Tom Brady something like. You know, I can't get this team to play to the level that that I know they can, and and, and things like that. And you know, mm-hmm. that's that's really great that it was sort of the trailblazer in, in some ways for this and for the series of Football Life, which is obviously really incredible on its own. Um, you know, we um, we talked about some of the, the music you use, the Bob Marley song, the Sack Brown Band song. I want the soundtrack to this, and I want to know if I can <laughs> buy it, and I want to know if I can buy this on DVD. I like streaming it, but I am a little bit old school, Shannon, and I want some DVDs. Is that is that in the works? Do you know? Um, you know, or, or I am gonna. I'm gonna have to get follow up on that and find out for you. I am I am not positive what they're doing yet. Um, they're probably gonna laugh at me when I ask them that already and tell me it was just released last week. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like, I do know that they. I mean, a lot of times they do make our music available to buy and stuff like that. So. Um, I'm not sure what the plan is for that. So hopefully, hopefully they do. But I will. You will be the first to know when I find out. That makes me happy, Shannon, because I love NFL films and music. I have a library on, in my iTunes full of, of. I believe I'm pronouncing this correctly. David Robideau. Um, he is. He's amazing. He's, yes, yeah, you are pronouncing correctly. He is all over my iTunes library. I'm not gonna lie. I may throw <laughs> them off some of the tunes on when I run to feel inspired. Um, but, um, you know, uh, we're nearing the end and I, you know, I know that makes me sad. I hope it makes you sad a little, not that I wish sadness upon you, but you get the idea. And I'm I'm curious if, um, is there anything great? I mean, obviously you filmed the whole season, but is there anything great that you can share with us that didn't make the final cut, something that you remember off the top of your head, you know, maybe you fought for and you, you didn't get in there. Obviously, you know, you're saying things like you go to the coach's house, you know, that footage is going to get in the show. Is there something great that yeah. we missed? I, I would say maybe it's because I'm biased, but another member of their secondary who I think could have been a great character and we just kind of found out about him too late was Tony Jefferson. I mean, the dude is hysterical, and he has an adorable little son at home. So we did a shoot at his house with him and his son, and, I mean, they were great together. And at the end of the day, it was kind of like we just caught on to him too soon or too late. Um, 
So, you, I mean, you see some of his funny wire bites at practice, like, scattered throughout the show, but he never becomes, like, a real character in the show. I think if we had kind of knew who he was early, if I was there from the beginning, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, just if we had caught on to him a little bit earlier, I think he could have added some humor to the show and just uh, another level to that secondary. And he was, he was pretty instrumental in helping pick up when, you know, Ty went down and stuff, so... Uh, he's a guy I wish we could have showed a little bit more of because he was good to us. He wore a lot of wires towards the end, um, but we never were really able to develop him. Well, that's unfortunate. Maybe if you guys do a DVD sort of thing, this can be like deleted scenes. You know, that's that's what I want to see. And was it was <laughs> I believe it was Tony Jefferson that it, at the practice before the Packers game is maybe it's before the Panthers and he's sitting on his helmet. He's, he's talking about yep. how he's, he's going to freak out if he, you know, in the Super Bowl, yep. he's like, Oh, I'm going to lose my mind. You know, whatever. You're right. The guys, the guys, fine. Yep. I'd, I'd like to hear, yep. you know, some of them um, all season long and see his adorable little boy. Um, by the way, the practice with Mikey Upati and, and his little boy and, and everything, that uh-huh. is so, so great. Just, I mean, again, the show, the whole idea for the show is so, so awesome. Um, final question, Shannon, and then I'll, I'll let you ask a question if you want, because that's how I roll. Um, and maybe you don't, maybe you don't know the answer, but the, you know, I tweeted out and I know, you know, um, you saw all the tweets, you know, it's a, yo, Shannon Furman's going to be on the show. This is the biggest deal in the world. And everybody <laughs> responded appropriately. Obviously they said, yeah, I know. And I said, yeah, you know, what's going on? But the number one question that I was asked, and to be fair, I want to know this too. I don't want to give everybody else the credit is what is the future of all or nothing? Do you know, is there going to be a team profiled in the 2016 season? And if the if you, the answer is that you don't know, hypothetically, if there you know if it does happen, do you think it will be more known, or do you think that they'll be undercover again, similar to how you guys were this past season? Go. Um, I know we definitely want there to be a season of All or Nothing next year. We don't have anyone committed to it yet, but we are definitely actively trying to make that happen. Um, I I think it'll be hard to be undercover again next year. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe at least at the start you can be. I don't know. I don't know how you go undercover again next year with all the press and publicity that this show has gotten, which is great. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing, though, either. Uh, I think, like, it'll make it easier in the beginning if people have seen the show and and are doing this show now because they enjoyed seeing the Cardinals show last year. It certainly makes it easier on us as a crew that people know what the heck they're doing going into it. Uh, It's not easy to get into Patrick Peterson's house with his 10-day-old baby at home to change a diaper when you're kind of like, oh, I don't, I'll just get you the raw footage, Pat. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know where you're going to see this someday, but I'll get you the DVD. <laughs> um, so it'll be easier for us as a crew if we are able to say what it is up front. But, um, I mean, yeah, yeah, we are, we are hoping, fingers crossed, that All or Nothing will be back for a second season next year. That's really cool, and you're right, though. I mean, all or nothing, you know, can be this great gift because imagine if the Cardinals had won the Super Bowl. I mean, they could they could relive this for the rest of their lives in a way that no other Super Bowl team could. Um, and, I, yeah. and I think I think that's really great and really unique. How did you guys? I know I, I said last question. I lied. That's fine. Um, <laughs> how, did, how did you guys choose the Cardinals, or what did they approach you? Yeah, they chose us. Mr. Bidwell um, thought he had something special, so he he actually approached us. So, 
that kind of made it easy from there. When you have an owner who wants to do something like this, you kind of roll with it. So, yeah, he, he approached us in, early on in training camp. Um, so, and his staff had already covered some of that draft stuff, which you see, which I think is fascinating. I mean, the Amir Abdullah For draft sure. moment to For me sure. is one of the coolest things in the show. And Tim Delaney and his guys who were super helpful the whole entire time, they, they actually captured that footage and shared it with us to use in the show. That's so cool. Do you think that we would ever – you know, I used to be a big Grey's Anatomy fan. I've since moved on in my life. But you know, they, they would do yeah, they would do they would do a crossover episode though with uh, with Private Practice. You know, once that show had sort of blossomed, I never watched oh. the Orishan, and I would boil the Grey's. But do you think that you would ever like potentially maybe do like a, a merge and sort of profile a team on Hard Knocks, and then that be the all or nothing team? Like just sort of cover them, you know, bookend to bookend. Uh, I definitely I don't think it's out of the question. I mean, that would be a lot for that team. Um, but I think it's something that we'll probably end up exploring at some point. Um, like, I don't know if it would be this year because I would feel really bad for the Rams with everything uh, since they're already dealing with this move and having us in there for hard knocks. But I think a lot of times we go in for hard knocks and people think they use the word distraction all the time. And, we're the farthest thing from a distraction when we're there. If you're distracted by us, you're probably not going to be a good football team anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so I think that, like, we go in for hard knocks and people have a preconceived notion of what it's going to be. And if you ask any coach who's done it, I don't think anyone's going to tell you we were a distraction. Uh, I'm pretty confident that in the past 10 years, the teams we've done that, no one's really going to have much bad to say about us at all, if anything bad. So I do think that that helps in, you know, continuing to do something, whether it would be in the same year or not. I'm not sure. Teams might want to break. But I definitely think that the one thing helps out the other. So we'll, we'll see. That's really cool. Now, I mean it this time. Last question. What can you tell us about Hard Knocks? Obviously, training camp hasn't happened yet, but I know this is a really unique team in the Los Angeles yeah. Rams that, that they've moved and that they had the number one overall pick, so I, I imagine that you guys have been chronicling that. What can you tell us about what we're going to see, maybe a, maybe a player to be really excited about? Get us up, Shannon. What do you got? Uh, well, the team has been great so far, so um, there's going to be an extra episode that airs the, a couple nights before Hard Knocks on NFL Network. Um, that's just going to show a lot of the move. We've kind of been with the team a lot longer than in previous years. So mm -hmm. we shot the move. We shot draft day in the war room. Um, Jared Goff was also a character. I headed up Hey Rookie for ESPN this year, and Jared was a character for us on Hey Rookie. So we've gotten to know him pretty well already, and he's a great kid. Um, he's been awesome for hard knocks so far, which is awesome when you have a quarterback on board who, like, wants to help out and stuff and is excited about the project. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone, everyone has been great. We shot the Open. We did a much more elaborate open so far this year, so hopefully it comes out that way. I know they're in the process of editing it right now, so we used a lot of um, scenic spots around California just to kind of really show the move to Los Angeles. But And that was, I mean, I was in Montana with Coach Fisher, so um, it, it was good. It, it, it's been really good so far. We're excited about it. I think the team's excited about it. So on July 23rd, California becomes my home for the rest of the summer until September 6th, I believe. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. 
What a what a tragedy, Shannon, for you to have to live in California in the summertime. I think I think we deserve it after Houston oh. last year. Oh, for sure. <laughs> By the way, I know Charles James got so much props and deservedly so, but Easy Uwachiku was hilarious. Uh, the scene where they were at NASA, I I had to pause yeah. to to laugh um, audibly, and um, I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll get a lot of that uh, with with the LA Rams. I'm really excited. Uh, I'm a big NFL historian, so to have the Rams back is a big deal, and I'm really excited mm-hmm. and really grateful that you guys are going to be there chronicling. I think that's you know it's special. Like I talked about the the Cardinals. This is a timepiece, you know, for us to preserve for the, the future generation of NFL fans, and so it's a good mm-hmm. thing that you guys are, are chronicling it. So thank you so much. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, we're we're very excited. It's going to be very hard to top Charles and Evie from last year. We say at, at films that they're probably two of the most loved characters in the history of Hard Knocks. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's we have a tough task ahead of us, but I, I think we can do it. <laughs> That's good. Um, Thank you so much for your time. I promised you that you could have a question if you wanted it, and you might not, but this is your chance. Well, I was going to ask you, other than since you're a Cowboys fan, who would you like to see on All or Nothing next year and why? Well, obviously I'd love to see my team chronicle. You know, I mean, I think that that would be interesting. Um, if I could pick a team, you know, not not this team, I'd love to see last year's Eagles. And you didn't, you didn't, you know, totally plant your foot in the ground of being an Eagles fan. Um, I know you said your dad is, but I would love to see that not not because not as a Cowboys fan, but I'd love to see that train wreck honestly, and just see how how it unfolded. Uh, but if I had to pick a team this year, um, man, that is such a good question. Um, I, we've, I've already got the Rams on Hard Knocks. I think I might go. I kind of want to, you know, I went to the Cowboys Packers game last year. I'd like to see the mm-hmm. Packers all season long. Uh, because okay. the, the, the you know being there in Green Bay, I'd never been. It's such a unique. You want us town. to freeze? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I just I'd love to see. You know, I I know I've read about the Packers have like a, a card game or whatever they play. Like it's it's a small town, so I'd love to see what what yeah. keeps them you know uh, entertained throughout the season. That and that's those are sort of the best moments of these shows when you get to see them at home. Um, but mm-hmm. if I had to give you a, a more pleasant climate. Um, you know, the obviously the Cardinals are great. I don't think the Dolphins interest me that much. I'd send you down to Jacksonville and your buddy Alan Hearns because they're really excited. They've I got, would love uh, it. Yeah, they've got a lot of great guys. What do you think of their helmets, Shannon? You obviously love the Jaguars. What do you think of the helmets? Oh, you know, <laughs> they're great. Uh, you know, I I could get on board with this uniform. If if the helmet would just go all one color. If you want to be all gold, you want to be all black, it's fine. I don't. Yeah, care. let's make them gold. We'll make them gold. That's fine, and I'm cool with that. Uh, I just I don't like this like divisive uh, sort of color. But um, but yeah, I think I'd, I'd like to see the Packers or or even the Forty ers I'd like to see Chip Kelly there, but. I understand that we mm-hmm. want to put you on a contender because you you sort of want yeah. to be your your Super Bowl team. Um, so the, the Panthers would be great. I think the Steelers would be equally great. But and that, that would be yeah. a little bit more local for you. Yes. Yeah. Well, well interesting. Shannon, I will. Know, I will let my boss know. Well, I'll I'll talk to them. Let me know. I've got ideas for the DVDs <laughs> uh, and for the soundtracks. And um, seriously, congratulations on on All or Nothing. It is incredible. I. I've seen most NFL films work, and it's up there for me. I mean, I'm among the, the best things I've seen, um, however highly in regard you hold my opinion. 
But um, and congratulations on your Emmy, uh, well deserved, and and I'm sure that that you've got many more coming your way. Um, hopefully, um, you know, for Hard Knocks coming up again. I don't know the rules. Is, is All or Nothing eligible for an Emmy? Because it's not on television. Oh God, it's probably. I think they'll probably end up being up against each other. I don't oh, know. Oh no! Oh my God! I can't deal with it. Okay, Shannon. <laughs> final, seriously, final question. W- would you rather watch? Hard Knocks versus All or Nothing at the Emmys, or would you rather watch Tyron and Alan Hearns duke it out on the show? <laughs> oh, that's a tough question. Um, oh, my goodness. Well, I guess would I rather, well, I guess I'd rather the Emmy night scenario because, um, well, I'm winning either way in both things, but then nobody's getting hurt, really. So I'm, I'm just going to be selfish mm. and go with the Emmy night thing because I'm winning either way. Good call. Good call. <laughs> Have um, you know, I know I said last question. This is this is a selfish question. The other questions are for the <laughs> listeners. Have you ever, I mean, I imagine you have, but what is it like to stand in the NFL Films field? Because I'd imagine it, it's as great of a feeling as there is in the world. To see in an NFL Films building, you said? Yeah, and the library. I mean, and everything. I know that oh. they're all digital now, but specifically the library. Um, to, well, to, to, to walk our, those aisles. Our, our building is like a museum. I mean, I love taking people on tours of our building because it's not even fair that we get to work in a place like that. Like, it's, it's, it's not an office. It's like a playground. So, um I mean, yeah, it's there. You walk the hallways, and there's just pictures. I mean, Steve Sable used to decorate the building himself. Like he handpicked where all the different photos have gone. Um, now we do we update the walls a little bit and kind of keep things front and center that that are uh, more recent. But mm-hmm. I mean, the building is just insane. It's got like all of Steve's toys. He has these like board games that I'm like, where did he even get these? And, like tons of them, not just like one or two. Like tons of like football board games and they've kept Steve's office exactly as it was. I mean we have a movie theater. We're spoiled beyond belief. It's a great place to work. It's a great building if you're ever in Philadelphia or South Jersey, we can take you on a tour. <laughs> um well, but we we're very lucky. I uh I will hold you to that. Did you ever get to meet Steve? Yeah, I th- I think I was part of the last group of people who really got to know Steve really well. So I, I knew Steve well. I mean, he was he was our boss, and he really was a boss. He was there. He was present. I mean, he watched a lot of our segments for shows. He was very involved in Hard Knocks. He was very involved in NFL Films Presents. Um, I mean, I remember the first time he stopped by at my office to, like, to give me a compliment on something I did. It was, like, crazy to me. But uh, I think I was part of the last group of hires who really did get to know Steve um, as a person and as a boss for a couple of years. So I'm grateful for that. That's so awesome. I've, I've talked about it on the show before, and, and I'll let you go after this. I know you're very busy. Uh, a couple of years ago, my dad gave me, um, it's this, like, Super Bowl set on, on DVD. I'm sure you've seen it. It's like a black case with a Lombardi trophy on it. And mm-hmm. uh, and, he, and he gave it to me. And, and, you know, never having met Steve Stable, you know, he means a great deal to me just because it's because of him and then his vision is the reason I love football. And you know, I, I sort of, when well, my dad gave it to me, it was, it was really, really great and really emotional. I thank my dad, and I said, Dad, you know, I'm I'm just really grateful to, to Steve Sable because, you know, for, for mm-hmm. thinking of these things and putting these things together. And uh, and then I opened the, the set, and I, like I said, I've talked about it on here before, and literally on, on the first page there's this imprinted letter uh, from Steve Sable to the fan, you know, the fan uh-huh. being me, and that was just a really touching moment. 
Um, and so I, I love the work you guys do and I'm, I'm such a huge fan and, and, uh, you know, thank, I mean, just thank you for taking the time to, to share, uh, a, a peek behind the curtain and, and breaking the fourth wall a little bit here on, on All or Nothing. And it was, it was tremendous. Seriously, congratulations. No problem. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Wishing I was deep in the water somewhere. Got the blue sky breeze and it don't seem fair. Only worry in the world is a tide gonna reach my chair. Sunrise, there's a fire in the sky. Never been so happy, never felt so high. And I think I might have found me my own kind of paradise. What's up, everybody? Are you enjoying the RJO Show? Well, then make sure that you subscribe to it on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or SoundCloud. If that's not your cup of tea, you can check us out on the web, www.rjochoashow.com. Make sure that you rate the show, write a review, and tell a friend. We're going to have a lot of great content coming up through the rest of the offseason, talking about the Hall of Fame enshrinement in the preseason, and then the 2016 season kicks off. It's just around the corner. I know you can't wait. I can't wait. And I can't wait to get back to this episode of the RJO Show. Never got picked up. It only ran one season. If you have Netflix, open it up right now and watch it. Freaks and Geeks was so awesome. And I will always remember that Come Sail Away by Sticks played in the uh, like final minutes of the first episode, like at a school dance, and it was so cool and uh, made me love the song forever. It's a great song. Sticks is so awesome. But nothing really is as awesome as the interview that I just had with Shannon Furman, and hopefully you enjoyed it. If you can't tell, I'm a huge NFL films nerd, and so it was so fascinating for me to pick her brain and talk about All or Nothing and the things that went into it, the underlying themes, the characters, players like Tyron Matthew and Patrick Peterson, and there were guys that we didn't even get to see. Like she said, Tony Jefferson, that was such a bummer, and I hope they do release some type of DVD set where we can get some sort of bonus features because I think that we would all enjoy that. Hopefully you've seen All or Nothing. You know if you're a loyal RJO show listener how much I love NFL films, obviously, from the interview with Paul Camerata a few months back. And um, again, I just, I really loved this episode. It's one of my favorites that we've done, and All or Nothing is incredible. If you have not seen it yet, hopefully this interview got you excited and hyped to go watch it. It's free on Amazon Video. If you have a, a tablet or a game console or a Blu-ray player, you have the Amazon Video app, you can just stream this show for free. That You don't have to purchase Amazon Prime or anything like that to watch it and i'm sure that there are emmys in store for it um you should be checking out into the star.com man we've got some great content right now you can check out we've got five offensive players to watch in training camp courtesy of one of our staff writers brian and i know he's working on five defensive players to watch sean martin one of our other staff writers who's been on this show before he wrote a great article putting the dallas cowboys suspensions in perspective um, against the rest of the NFL in terms of, obviously, you've got Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, and Rolanda McLean suspended. What percentage of NFL suspensions do they make up as we stand today? And on Friday, I put out a post talking about how D'Angelo Williams took a little jab at, uh, at the Cowboys defense on Twitter, and D'Angelo himself interacted. So um, it was pretty cool. If D'Angelo himself likes it, I think you will. And so, um, but with that, we have another episode of the RJO Show. Thank you so much for listening. I say this every week. It is a tradition here on the RJO Show. I have a complete and total blast 
making these and, and putting them together, talking to people like Shannon Furman and, and learning more about the game that we all love. The NFL is a deep passion of mine and uh, something that, that I think that, that you and I share. And, and so hopefully you've enjoyed them. Have a great week. We're going to be back at our usual time next week on Wednesday. Uh, we'll be dropping this episode and I will be on Periscope slash Facebook Live on Monday at 3 p.m. Central Time. If you haven't heard, we've been doing weekly, bi-weekly, tri-weekly Periscope Facebook Live sessions where I talk about whatever's going on specifically in the world of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and so um, that's going to be a regular thing coming up this season as well. Again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you think, and let me know what you think about All or Nothing. I will talk about that all day long. Um, you know, just tweet at me at RJ Ochoa, or you could email me, rj at rjochoashow.com. Until then, everybody, have a great weekend. Again, I know there's a lot going on in the world right now, but, you know, I love you. And, you know, let's spread love uh, above all else. So everybody, you know, do that. Have a great weekend. Enjoy football in whatever capacity you can. That's why we're here, because we love this game. So have a good weekend, like I said. We'll talk to you next week. As always, go Cowboys. And peace out! Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get down? Tell me. Oh, what you gonna do? Do you wanna get down? Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get down? Oh,